Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, you beautiful little ham steaks. Welcome to this week's another edition of Riot Panel. Happy you are here. Happy I am here. This week... Daredevil. But before that, Intern Stan theme song, please. Well done, Stan. Well done. Not a hard choice this week, though, I would imagine. Uh, As you know, that is the Daredevil theme. Can you believe it? The theme to the Netflix series Daredevil. Guess what we're going to be talking about this week? Well, you listened to the intro, so you know uh, that we are talking about the Netflix series Daredevil. It all comes together. And how could we not? Seriously, how could we not talk about the phenomenal Netflix series, uh, the adaptation of the comic book classic Daredevil? Let's start with some confessions, shall we? I've uh, I've never been a real big Daredevil fan. Uh, (laughs) uh, I probably have not read the right comics. Um not read the right stories, um, not had much exposure to Daredevil. I think he's a fine character. Um, I've, uh, I'm familiar with him, of course, through various team-ups, his crossovers with the Avengers mainly. Uh, he was a heavily featured character in uh, a few of the issues of New Avengers. Um, and, of course, I saw the Ben Affleck movie, which at the time I didn't hate. But... As, you know, let's just say it didn't hold up (laughs) and go from there. Um, If you want to know more about the Ben Affleck film, I recommend you heading over to Earwolf.com and listening to the excellent How Did This Get Made episode where they, um, let's say, skewer the Ben Affleck film with the help of uh, comic Legend? Can we call him a legend at this point? Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker appears on that episode uh, and gives some interesting insight to uh, the comic business in general. It's episode number 75. Go and give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
but uh, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Ben Affleck probably at all uh, in this episode, regardless of how chiseled his jaw is and how interested I am and how he's doing his hair. No, folks, uh, this week we're talking about a different daredevil. We're talking about Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. He's got a weird face, but uh, he makes it work for Daredevil under the Daredevil mask. Now, uh, another confession. I have seen the first eight episodes of Daredevil, and I stopped. I stopped at episode number eight. And uh, sorry about that. But you know what? That is actually going to, I think, benefit this podcast because we're not going to have a bunch of spoilers. There's going to be some spoilers. That's unavoidable because we are going to be talking about things from those first eight episodes. Things that are too good to ignore. But we're not going to get into the end game episodes 9 through 13 because I I haven't seen them. Why haven't I seen them, you ask? Why did I watch eight episodes and then stop? Well... As you may be able to tell from a little bit of roughness in my voice, um, I am still ill. Not as bad as I was last week when we spoke. Um, But uh, as a result, I had a couple of rough days where I was essentially, oh, bedridden is a dirty word. So uh, let's say stuck on the couch. How about that? Uh, And what do you do when you're stuck on the couch? You watch Daredevil, you binge on television, you writhe in agony, and I did plenty of both of those. Um, Excuse me. Well, okay, broke my cardinal rule already. I am uh, intending to keep all of the the coughing and throat clearing off mic, and I apologize in advance if I am not able to accomplish that. I am in full control here, and there is uh, no excuse for it. I can pause the recording and cough. I don't have to just lean away from the microphone. This isn't live, as much as uh, some of you would like it to be. Um, This is purely to tape. So, that has nothing to do with uh, anything, so uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about Daredevil. This was released April 10th, 2015, um, fitting the Netflix model, which means, essentially, it all came out at once. All of Daredevil was available at the same time, all 13 episodes. It's not, um, it's not episodic viewing. Um, I mean, you can, you can consume it that way. Uh, I've heard a lot of people um, kind of decry the way uh, that media is being released nowadays. New seasons of the best television, for the most part, uh, is being released in large chunks. You've got Uh, Orange is the New Black, Daredevil, House of Cards, things that people are really talking about as opposed to coming out one episode a week uh, as you have your HBO series, your Game of Thrones, your Veep, your um, uh, Silicon Valley. All excellent series in their own right. But um, the fact of the matter is I've heard a lot of people say that they don't like that it all comes out in one big chunk. And to those people, I say, control yourself. If you want episodic, weekly episodic viewing, do it. Do it like that. That's the nice thing about Netflix. If you want to watch it all at once, you can. If you want to watch it piece by piece, you can do that as well. It is just like comic books. It is not just like comic books. (laughs) It is similar to comic books. If you want to read a story arc and you want to read it issue by issue, that's fine. You can get it one at a time. 
and you can read it that way. There is also the option of waiting, this is how it's different, waiting for the collected edition and seeing it all in one piece. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I know I've talked about this with my friends, and that is that if I read a story issue by issue as it comes out, I enjoy it in a very different way than I do when I read it all at once, when it is one concise piece of art, one story arc that you can see from beginning to end all in one chunk. You're not forgetting things that happened in the first couple of issues. You know what I mean? So I recommend to you, the listener, uh, go back and think of a story that you read issue by issue. If you've done this, I know a lot of people swear by trades and... As I've said before, we love everybody here on the show. God bless you. If you swear by trades, that's great. If you got issue by issue, that's fine too. Digital, physical, whatever you like. Uh, we're just happy to have you. Um, but go back and look at a story that you read issue by issue. Maybe even one that you didn't enjoy so much, but you wanted to see it to the end. Go back and and read it all in one chunk, in one sitting, as one book. You might be pleasantly surprised. You might still hate it. I'm going to give the example of Original Sin, (laughs) the recent Marvel crossover that they did, where they killed Uatu the Watcher, which is a bummer. Um, I think that's been out long enough that it didn't need a spoiler alert. Sorry if you felt it did, but hey, this is my show and not yours. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Um, anyway, I went I went back and I read Original Sin and still didn't like it. You know, it, it you know it had its issues, but now that being said, reading it from beginning to end in one long sitting, there was merit in that. I found myself appreciating the art more and the dialogue and uh, and things like that. I, I did enjoy it more than I did the first time when I just, you know, read it issue by issue. Uh, like I said, not great, but better and different. So you should go and do that. Now, that's all to say that Netflix dropped all of Daredevil at once, which is great. April 10th, 2015 was a was a huge day because this was something new. Um, to Marvel's eternal credit, they are trying something very new uh, with, with uh, all of their properties, and God bless them for trying. Um, as far as... Uh, I, I should say, as far as film is concerned, uh, they started coming out with these films, and they were doing something different, and they exploded. They absolutely exploded on the scene. Um, and then everyone kind of tried to rush to catch up. You still have DC trying to get their Justice League movie uh, out, so much so that they took a movie that was um, only supposed to feature Batman and Superman, and they've shoehorned all these other superheroes into it, which, you know, interesting, but it it, it, it feels a bit rushed. And I and I guarantee it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna have its issues. I I don't want to say anything worse than that, but um, I'll see it. I mean, I'll go check it out. But uh, it it I'm less hopeful for that. Let's say. Um, and then uh, they took to television. They took to uh, agents uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield, and you have Peggy Carter. 
and I think that's it. I think those are the only two Marvel shows right now. They're the only two I can think of. Um, now, I hear you out there yelling at me. You're shouting at your uh, at your podcasting device, whether it's your computer or your phone or your iPod or your I don't know anymore. Uh, that's that's a dumb joke. Um, I hear you yelling at me. Arrow came out first. Arrow was first. Arrow, of course, 2012. That launched in 2012, and she, Agents of Shield doesn't come out. Didn't didn't come out until 2013. That's fine. That's fine. The difference I feel between that uh, and the films is that Agents of Shield went out of its way to be connected to the main cinematic universe, whereas Arrow, not so much, and uh, or I should say less, and Flash. You have the whole conversation now about how they're going to have somebody else entirely play the Flash. Now, if they're smart, and this is just in my opinion, if they're smart, the Flash that they introduce in the Justice League will be a different character. It won't be Barry Allen. It'll be Wally West or one of the billion other Flashes that exist in the DC Universe, any of them. Uh, and they'll still keep that door somewhat open to uh to kind of a crossover but um from day one agents of shield and uh uh marvel's agent carter and everything like that they were meant to intertwine with the universe um and now you have this netflix series you have uh you have daredevil which again from day one it says intertwined with the uh the greater cinematic universe and then you're going to have, this is the first of three series. And let me tell you, it's three series that I am very, very excited about. I'm sorry, four series. I think it's a four series. I think it's four. Let's pause uh, briefly uh, while I check that out. Okay, uh, I'm back. Just the, just the briefest of moments for you, uh, but uh, a lifetime for me. No, that's not true. Um, but... Uh, uh, it is four. It is four. Um, we're going to have Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. And as I said, I was never a huge fan of Daredevil, but those other three characters, why, yes, I am a big fan of them. Iron Fist, amazing. Luke Cage, I love Luke Cage. I've always loved Luke Cage. He's a great character. There is so much potential there uh, for this television series and um based just seeing what they've done with daredevil so far makes me really really hopeful uh for this luke cage series and of course jessica jones i was completely unfamiliar with jessica jones um until i read the new avengers series i know i've been mentioning that a lot lately <laughs> sorry about that but um i can't help myself it's great go read it and uh She's she's a very interesting character, of course. By New Avengers, her and Luke Cage are a couple, and uh, they have a baby at that point. And again, it's been out for years. You have got to let this spoiler thing go. It's been out for a very very long time now. It's gonna be all right. Anyway, um, she was created by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, used in the comic series Alias, and she was kind of part of the Marvel Max series that was going on. The idea was 
that uh, she was a, uh, a detective. She had she did have these you know superhero powers, but she was getting away from that. And she was going to be a detective, and uh, that's all I know because uh, I really need to read those issues as well. Doesn't matter. That being said. Um, I'm very, very excited for those. Uh, you've got uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, as we mentioned. Kristen Ritter, who I'm a huge fan of. I think she's phenomenal playing Jessica Jones. Um, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, Mike Coulter uh, is going to be playing Luke Cage. And <sighs> I'll be honest with you. Um, he looks great. He looks like he's got a lot of potential. Wouldn't have been my first choice for Luke Cage. I understand Marvel's desire to uh, cast relative unknowns in a lot of these, um, a lot of these roles. You know, uh, they kind of did that with Kristen Ritter. Most people know her from, uh, uh, oh, what was that television series that was on? Oh. I had at least a couple of seasons, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Was it called? Oh yeah, Breaking Bad. That's what it was called. She. Most people know her from Breaking Bad. Um, if you look, she is also hilarious on the show. Don't trust the bee from Apartment Twenty Three. That's on Netflix right now, and I know it doesn't sound like something you would like, but it is something that you will like. Trust me, it is um, oddly enjoyable. Uh, it's there's two seasons on there, and I've watched them both multiple times. It's fantastic. Go and check it out. Broaden your horizons. And then get sad because they canceled it after a couple of seasons because you didn't discover it until 2015. Unlike everyone else, I didn't either. Full, I just found it out, I think, like last year. And I haven't had cable for years anyway, so I couldn't have helped. Wow, we are getting off track here. All right. Um, I'm very interested to see who they're going to cast as Iron Fist. Um, I hope they, uh, they move that in the right direction. But I feel like there was a hint of that in one of the Daredevil episodes, uh, one of the ones featuring Stick. <gasps> yes, I said there's going to be spoilers. Stick shows up. That's not really a spoiler. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, we should take a break. We should take a break here on uh, Panel Riot. That's the name of this show. Couldn't think of it. I'm in podcasting mode, uh, and I almost said Wrestling Mayhem Show, as I often do. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from one of our many wonderful, glorious, delightful, and delicious sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Panel Riot and more Daredevil. Please stick around. You know the kind of job I'd like? No, what's, uh, what's that? I'd like to be the official taster for the Petri family. Boy, just think of all the Petri wine I'd get to taste. Petri to the right of me. Petri to the left of me. What a life. What wine? Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that job myself. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> the Petri family, you know, really knows how to make good wine. They've been making wine for generations. And because they've always owned and operated their own business ever since it was started way back in the 1800s, well, the Petri family has sure piled up plenty of skill and experience. Yes, they've been handing down in the family from father to son, from father to son, the fine art of turning luscious grapes into delicious wine. That's why you can't go wrong with any Petri wine. It must be good, because Petri took time to bring you good wine. And we're back. We're back. 
Our genuine, sincere, and very moist thanks to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine and new commercials. Thank you very much, Petri Company, for sending us new commercials. We'll be rolling those out over the next few weeks. Folks, we're talking about Daredevil. We're talking about the Netflix series, The Internet Sensation. It's catching on like wildfire. It's Daredevil. Charlie Cox plays Daredevil, and uh, I'd like to talk about his portrayal a little bit. It is well. Let's 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 uh, unpack this a little bit. It's not just his portrayal of Daredevil that's fantastic. Everybody's acting in this is amazing. Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock. Absolutely knocks that out of the park. It is a uh, multifaceted character. You feel that he believes in what he's doing. And as the series goes on and you learn more and more about him and what he's uh, what he's trying to accomplish, you feel for him. He's a likable main character, which is incredibly important. I also want to mention Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. Now, as I said, I'm only eight episodes in, and uh, they still haven't called him Kingpin, which is fine. I don't know if they're even going to get to that, which is also fine. I don't even care if they call him Kingpin. He he does such a good job with this character. Um, and uh, I usually don't like Vincent D'Onofrio at all in anything. I've never seen him in something that I enjoyed before. But um, the life that he gives to Wilson Fisk and the take that he has on it um, is just fantastic he's he's clearly uh he's clearly the villain of the piece and he's willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish his goals and um see his mission through to the end including some very violent things and for the most part he really holds it together but you learn as time goes on he's incredibly emotional he plays this um bubbling rage just under the surface so well uh, that it's it's really it's a great take on the kingpin anytime I've, I've you know read comics that feature the kingpin or you know uh, seen other portrayals he's just a power hungry guy who just happens to be really really good at planning and also he looks fat but he's all muscle um, those are the gimmicks of the kingpin right uh, but this take on him is something else entirely. Just the facial expressions and the little flashes of regret when he's doing crazy shit. Um, it's just... It's just incredible. And like I said, never liked Vincent D'Onofrio, never really liked the Kingpin. But now, I'm on board. And they introduce him very, very slowly. He's a completely unseen quantity uh, for the first, I think, I think for the first couple of episodes, I think he's, uh, he's introduced in the third episode, but, um, there's a horrifying scene where a character, when we first hear the name Wilson Fisk, the first character to give up the name, uh, is, you know, he's fighting Daredevil and he's getting the crap beat out of him and, and Daredevil's like, you have to give me the name, tell me who you work for, so on and so forth. And he does. He he says, uh, Wilson Fisk. And once he realizes what he did, once he realizes 
that he's done. He's completely doomed. He gave up that name. And that uh, Wilson Fisk, would, as he says, he's going to kill him, and then he's going to kill everyone he cares about, and then everyone he's ever met. And, and then he kills himself in the most horrifying way possible. <laughs> It's it's really I don't even like to think about it. It's they fortunately they they don't really show it as graphically as like say on like a Walking Dead or something like that. But still, it's 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 just disgusting, and it gets the point across how feared this character is. Um, and I also want to point out uh, a particular episode. Uh, let's see here, which episode was that? Um, Episode 8. It was episode 8, uh, called Shadows in the Glass. And, again, these aren't really spoilers, but the majority of the episode focuses around Wilson Fisk, and uh, through flashbacks, it shows his childhood, and uh, his abusive father, and and uh, the way that his mother, uh, and he dealt with that. And when I say dealt with that, I mean, they really deal with it and there's a there's a moment uh and you'll know it when you hear it this this is something i don't want to spoil for you um there's a line that his mother says and you will either laugh or kind of gasp or it's it's just it's unexpected and shocking and wonderful all at the same time so uh yeah stick (laughs) stick around for uh for episode number eight because that that makes that takes this character this two-dimensional basically deplorable character and makes him fascinating absolutely fascinating and uh i can't say enough about that while we're on the subject of uh the villains i would like to talk briefly about the russians uh vladimir and uh anatoly i believe it's pronounced they're these brothers and uh, they're kind of gangsters and they're trying to make names for themselves in America and they're these just, you know, tattoo-covered, absolutely brutal characters and um, it's uh, Nikolai Nikolev, oh boy, I'm pronouncing names again, and Gideon Emery that play these two uh, these two brothers and they do such a good job. They are just these phenomenal characters. And again, these could have been simple throwaway characters that meant absolutely nothing. But uh, they breathed this this viciousness and this life and this determination into these characters. And it is... Um, I can't say enough good things about it. They do a great, great job. Uh, on the flip side of that... Uh, Daredevil has to have allies. No man is an island, or whatever. And um, one of his biggest allies, or at least the one that I find the most interesting, is Claire Temple, a.k.a. Rosario Dawson. Basically, (laughs) basically what happens is she finds him in a dumpster, and she brings him into her apartment and doctors him up, and she kind of becomes his doctor at that point. She becomes his... um, uh, physician. She's uh, the character of Claire Temple is a nurse, and she's uh, she's actually kind of a combination of a couple of Marvel Comics characters. Uh, she's uh, she's Claire Temple, and she's also uh, a character named Night Nurse. And um, as I said, she's uh, she helps Daredevil uh, kind of recover. She you know bandages his wounds, which is 
great. It's a, they they do a really good job of uh, kind of explaining how he can recover from his uh, his wounds and uh, all these insane fights that he gets in, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, and it's it's really simple. On one hand, you've got you know. Uh, you've got Claire bandaging his wounds and helping him out when he's uh, when he shows up all battle damaged, uh, and uh, on the other hand, you've got kind of a throwaway line in the episode featuring Stick, where uh, they talk about meditation and about how you can heal your wounds faster using meditation. That's it. That's all it takes. And this is this is Marvel, and this is you know where impossible things are imp- are possible. So all it takes is a sh- small little line like that. And uh, and we're on board. We're we're on our way. Um, we'll get into the fight scenes in a little bit. But uh, while we're talking about allies, we should also talk briefly about Stick. Now, as I said, eight episodes in, uh, Stick has only showed up for one episode. And if you know anything about the uh, the comics, you know that Stick is his mentor. He's the one who taught him to fight as a child. In this uh, this episode, you know, it's got flashbacks to Stick kind of helping raise him, sort of, essentially. Um, he goes to the monastery that took Matt in after his father died and uh, kind of raises him up and shows him that what he's got is these kind of powers where he can read people, even though he can't see, he can use his other senses. And they never... They never really get into it as it's to show it off as a superpower, um, which is something else I really like. It's very, the whole series is very dark and it's very grounded in reality. Uh, And you do see him doing these incredible things, but, um, and using the kind of radar sense, but they never portray it as a superpower. He's just really good at something, which. Uh, again, we'll we'll come back to that with the fighting. Anyway, um, there's the character of Stick, who is played by... Oh, who is it? Who is it? I have it written down here. <laughs> yes, that's right, folks. I have notes. Uh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, that's it. And they have some uh, extra... Ec- <laughs> extraordinary fight scenes and, uh, and stunt choreography uh, in this series. And there's some fights where... Uh, one fight in particular that's Stick versus uh, Daredevil, and it's it's great. It's it's super fun to watch. Um, now there are a couple of other characters. You have Deborah Ann Wool as Karen Page, and Eldon Hen- Henson, Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just not interested. I'm sorry. These characters. I don't find them interesting. They're not compelling. Their storyline isn't. I, I'm not. I'm not into it. I'm really not. Uh, there's also Vondi Curtis Hall as Ben Urich, and you know he's he's more he's a much more interesting character than the other two. But they are you know they're a lawyer and Karen is working at the law firm and Ben is a reporter and they're learning all these things about Kingpin and I understand it's necessary but you know maybe maybe if I go back and watch it a second time it'll click with me a little bit better I'll be a little more interested in what I'm watching but really on the whole with these guys I just I just don't care foggy for the most part really gets on my nerves and I hope there's some character growth there 
Um, uh, Karen is fine. She's a fine character. She has a secret. She she's in the I think first uh, first episode where she's trying to be killed and uh, Daredevil kind of rescues her, and um, and then Ben Urich shows up later when they uh, they go to him in the hopes that he'll help, hope in the hopes that he will help them investigate Kingpin and all this other stuff. Uh, it's not great, but um, like I said, maybe I'll watch it again and uh, there will be new life breathed into those characters that I just didn't notice before. I was deathly ill when I watched it the first time. Well, we are coming right along here with uh, this episode of Panel Riot talking about Daredevil. And uh, we're going to have another quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Daredevil, more Lunchbox, more Intern Stan, and more Panel Riot. Do stick around. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. And we're back. As always, we are eternally grateful to our sponsor, SpaPGH.com, Metamorphosis, the happiest place on earth. I encourage you, one comic book fan to another, one human person to another, if you are in the area, go to Metamorphosis. They will take good care of you, and you will leave knowing what a spa-slash-salon experience should be. Check them out, spotpgh.com. We're talking about Daredevil. We're talking about Netflix. We've been talking about all kinds of stuff, and we've kind of been dancing around it. And uh, now we can talk about it. The fight scene. At the end of episode two, there is a fight scene that is one long shot. And if, if you're a citizen of the internet... You've probably seen it, and if you haven't seen it, uh, then <laughs> you've heard about it. It's this long panning fight scene that kind of, uh, uh, it's, it's a hallway with three doors, right? And behind the main door, the door all the way at the end, is this, uh, this young boy uh, who Daredevil is there to rescue. And uh, on either end of the other two doors are... It's a lot of bad men. It's a lot of very, very bad men. And um, Daredevil knows that he has to fight off these other guys. Uh, he has to not just, you know, punish them for the terrible stuff that they're doing, the human trafficking, the the kidnapping and everything like that, but he has to make sure that the way is clear for when he goes and rescues this child and takes it out. Uh, takes him out of the uh, of the building. Now, uh, the entire shot is around three minutes and four seconds. Actually, it's a little bit longer than that. The actual fight takes about three minutes and four seconds. And uh, it starts with uh, Daredevil kind of... Um, he puts his hand on the door. He figures out how many guys there are and uh, uh, what he's up against. And then he busts in and starts just beating the crap of this room full of guys. And 
you can you can hear a description like that and think, okay, I know exactly what this looks like. I've seen it again and again. I've seen it so many times in movies. But this fight scene is different, and that's why it's being praised um, like universally with anybody who watches it. Now, uh, it's because it's so realistic. It's brutal. All the fighting in the Daredevil series is absolutely brutal and very realistic. He fights this large group of guys, and you can tell that he's, you know, he's the best fighter in the room. He's insanely talented, but he's fighting like 10 guys, and it is absolutely taking its toll on him. Uh, just like maybe a minute, maybe, you know, 45 seconds into the fight, uh, he's beaten the crap out of all these guys, and it's spilled out into the hallway, and... Again, to their eternal credit, there's like there's a scene that's a laugh. There's a there's one part where a guy gets thrown uh, through the door. Another guy pokes his head in to see what's going on, and from out of nowhere, a fax machine comes flying through the doorway and smashes the guy in the head. It's hilarious. They took this incredible fight scene and put a laugh in it successfully. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Anyway, the point is, uh, a, a small portion of the way into this. Everyone's beaten up, everyone's on the ground, including uh, Daredevil, who had been kind of like, I think he was shot and stabbed, and and uh, this was the episode where they introduced Night Nurse, and she was telling him, you have to go to the hospital, you have to go to the hospital, and he said, no, I can't go to the hospital, I have to rescue this boy. So he's beat up in the first place, and there's a pause in the action at this point, because everyone is exhausted already, because they've all been fighting and they all kind of like are just sizing each other up, getting back up, and taking a moment to catch their breath. And then the fight, you know, of course, you know, continues again. And you've got Daredevil beaten up and exhausted. And he like disarms a gun from somebody and starts beating everybody with the gun. And I don't mean like pistol whipping like you do. Like he's punching people, but holding the gun like it's brass knuckles and whipping it at people and throwing it around at people and, and, he keeps like leaning on the wall for support because he's out of breath. He's exhausted fighting these 10 guys because it's, as I said, it's, it's so very realistic. Now there's a, uh, just two more parts that I, okay, three more parts that I really want to highlight, uh, about this. He's, he's fighting all these characters and, um, the camera keeps panning back and forth and it's, it's all one shot, which is incredible. But he starts kind of, um, every now and then he'll push off the wall to gain uh, a little more momentum and a little more oomph to his punches because there's no space. You know, he can't, uh, he can't get a run-up to really put a lot of force behind these punches. And at first blush, it looks silly. He pushes off a wall and punches a guy in the face. But when you think about it, I mean, he's doing everything he can. He's exhausted. He's, he's using his environment as much as he can to damage these guys. And it's, uh, it's, it's really incredible. And it's just little touches like that which really, really help, you know, the feel of the whole piece. And, yeah, I mean, you've got this character who's incredibly talented. And he knows martial arts. He knows kung fu. But this is still really messy uh, did I say kung fu? I don't even know if it's kung fu, if I'm honest. I don't think they specify. But it's really messy, and it's it, the fighting kind of gets really desperate. And yeah, he he like busts out a spin kick, but it's 
it's purely out of desperation. And after he does it, he has this look of like, oh, God, why did I do that? I'm so tired. Um, one of my favorite parts in the whole fight is he's finishing every... Oh, I forgot. He, he DDTs a guy into a wall, <laughs> which is just great. Um, he, uh, he throws a punch. The last guy he's fighting, he throws a punch to knock a guy out, and he's so tired that the force of throwing the punch... He just falls over. He trips over one of the unconscious guys, Daredevil does, and just collapses into another room because he's so exhausted. It's so good. It's just the whole fight scene takes place over a couple of minutes, but you believe how tired he is and all the stuff he's been doing, and it's just it's just excellent. It's excellent. If you watch nothing else in this entire series, if you watch a little bit and then stop, stop after the end of that second episode because it's great. It's absolutely great. The last thing I want to highlight in the fight is after he finishes all the guys off, he knows they're all done, they're all down, knocked out, and everything like that. He goes, he unlocks the door, and he composes himself. He kind of lifts up his mask, and he makes sure that he's non-threatening, because he has to go in, and he has to save this child, and he can't argue with the kid, the kid just has to understand that he's there to save him. So he rearranges himself to be less threatening. And that, even that, is such a great touch. Because at this point, uh, he is still wearing a very homemade costume. It is still just, you know, the black shirt with the red stitching, which I think is a beautiful touch, black pants, which I think are jeans, combat boots, and he's got the, the which essentially, what's essentially a shirt tied over his head uh, that covers up his eyes and nose. And that's it. That's all there is to this costume. He looks like some random, insane vigilante, which is exactly what you'd expect. And um, I haven't, I actually, like I said, I made eight issues, eight episodes in, and still haven't seen uh, the red costume. The red costume hasn't showed up yet. Uh, I'm excited for that. I don't know where it's going to come from, but uh, but I am looking forward to it. Now, uh, a lot of the things I said about the this particular fight scene, the hallway fight scene, you can say about the fighting in the entire show. Um, there is, of course, a lot of gunplay and everything like that, but again, that's explained. He doesn't use guns, and it's a throwaway line. I'm not a big fan of guns. Um, and you accept it, you know, but that's, that's fine. You don't want him to use guns because that's boring. You want to see the, the hand-to-hand combat and the incredible fighting. And, um, it's all like this. It's all very realistic fighting. At no point, uh, is he engaged in hand-to-hand combat with, uh, another character and you see something like, yeah, right. That, you know, special effects, whatever, they, they couldn't really do that. It's, it's all believable. It's all excellent, including uh, a very good, you know, fight scene where he fights someone in the rain. I don't remember who it was, but I remember being impressed and seeing that and thinking, yeah, they got it. They, they absolutely figured it out. There was, there's been a, there was a number of times uh, in this series that I got chills because I was so happy. Um, I hadn't read anything about it. Uh, it was before the internet exploded with praise for it. And uh, I was just watching it uh, without any other opinion influencing my own, which is a great way to watch these kinds of things. And I was just so happy because they had to knock it out of the park. 
immediately. They had to do well with Daredevil because everybody knows that following Daredevil is going to be Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And this is as much an audition as it is a first act. And it was a great both of them. I'm thrilled that they're doing this. I'm thrilled that they're going to go on with these other characters that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, and I'm thrilled that this has been such a success. I hope it gets another season. Um, or just one season, and then... And I think that's how they're going to do it. They're going to have one season of Daredevil, and then one season of Jessica Jones, and then Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And then they'll have a season of The Defenders, and we'll go from there, um, which is great. Speaking of which, now, this is all happening on Netflix. This all fits in the Netflix universe, you know what I mean? But um, there are little Easter eggs, if you observe um, and listen closely, that link it to the larger universe. A lot of the reason that the Kingpin is able to take over this section of New York is because of the Battle of New York that took place in Avengers. We're still feeling the fallout of that, which is beautiful, because you watch something like that and the city being decimated. And, of course, the focus on Avengers is uh, the Avengers. It's the actual characters and, and them dealing with that aftermath. But I love that this is street level. And this is... They look at the Battle of New York essentially like 9-11. They look at it as this catastrophe that happened and changed everybody and everything. And you see it in so many different... Um, so many different elements of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know what I mean? You've got, uh, in Iron Man 3, he's dealing with kind of a a PTSD, and you've got, got, you know, the recovery of New York in this. You've got uh, shorts like, uh, I think it's called Item 37 or Item 13 or something like that, where, you know, they're recovering all this Chitauri gear uh, with the exception of this one gun, and um, you should absolutely go watch that because it's amazing. at once. Uh, I don't know where you can find it, but I'm sure it's on YouTube. Anyway, uh, I love how it all fits into the larger universe. Now, that being said, one of the things I was thinking about with the fighting in this being so realistic and so good, how is that going to look up against a character like, well, let's, let's do this in increments, up against a character like Luke Cage. Luke Cage has traditionally superpowers. He is super strong and bulletproof. You know what I mean? Uh, And I'm all for them toning these things down, as they did with Daredevil, making it less of a superpower and just making him incredibly tough or whatever. And that's fine. That'll work well for the entire Defenders series. But then you've got Iron Fist, who... Again, you know, he has genuine superpowers. He lights his fist on fire and punches things. I love, I'm, I'm thrilled to see what they're going to do with that. Now, that's fine, and that's all speculation. That's all, you know, things that can happen in the future. But consider the fight scenes in Daredevil, and now consider the fight scenes in Thor. Eventually, theoretically, we will see these characters on the same screen together. I think to a certain degree, they did a really good job with doing that uh, in... Um, in Avengers, because you see Black Widow and you see Thor, and they're they're you know fighting all these different battles in the Battle of New York and everything like that, but 
I'm I'm really curious the tone of the Avengers and the tone of Thor and those kind of films and the tone of Daredevil is so vastly different that I'm curious to see what it's going to look like when they eventually cross over. And I hope that they do. I really, really hope that they do. I hope that um, these characters are used moving forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they're too good not to. They are just, they are too good not to. So, I think that's it. I think that uh, that pretty much covers everything I wanted to talk about in Daredevil. Uh, Moral of the story is... Go watch it. Do you have Netflix? Go watch it. Do you not have Netflix? Borrow somebody's password. Have a watch party. Go and check it out at your earliest convenience. You will not be disappointed. This is a good, good show on par with the best television that I've seen in recent memory. Go and check it out. Uh, So that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Before we leave you this week, I want to share some exciting news. Listening to Panel Riot is easier than ever. Head on over to panelriot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you can play that week's episode of Panel Riot right in your browser. Easy peasy. I didn't come up with a rhyme this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I am at DJ Lunchbox. And of course, there is Teen Heartthrob Intern Stan. You can follow him at intern stan if you would like more panel riot more panel riot is available that's right as i said earlier panelriot.com uh and you can hear us there you can hear us on stitcher smart radio spreaker iHeartRadio, and of course you can hear it on itunes if you have a moment and do use itunes please head on over leave us a rating on itunes leave a comment we would greatly appreciate it because that is how the show gets out there Correction. That is one way the show gets out there. Another way the show gets out there is you tell people. If you tell a friend and they tell a friend, it's the old pyramid scheme, but uh, less sinister because I'm not asking you for any money. I'm asking you for word of mouth. I want to know what you think of the show. Send us an email, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading. Uh, Are you a fan of Daredevil? Are you familiar with the character? Uh, What's your favorite Daredevil story? Tell me what I should read. Because, uh, God knows I don't have enough comics to read already. Just kidding. Um, tell Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like about Daredevil. If you have an opinion on the show, share it with us. We will read your email on the show. I promise. That's it. Thanks for listening, true believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought of a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.